and how are you doing? You may be thinking, wow, I thought this channel, I thought this podcast was dead. Me too. Um, life has been a little stressful. Classes have been a little stressful. I'm trying to graduate from my undergrad a year early, so I'm taking a lot of hard classes all at once. No phone classes for me. And I am trying... I'm hearing back from graduate schools. I got accepted to a couple, and it looks like... I don't want to say the name of the school because, you know, if I pick somewhere else, I'm going to look dumb. But um, there's a school that I got accepted to that is doing research in environmental chemistry. Are they doing research about plastic? No. Even though plastic is my passion. Um, they're doing research on, like, CO2 and a lot of other things with the environment that... I love. Um, it's just a recommendation that if you're a science student and you're wanting to go to graduate school, um, a real a real good tip is that fine tune what you want to research in. Don't just apply places because you think this seems like a cool place. Look at their research. I did not do that. I just applied places and then now there's this school, it's called Purdue, it's in northern Indiana, and there's a professor who is doing research in plastic water bottles, like, oh my god, my dream. And I'm very upset because I did not apply to that school because I didn't think about it. And, oh, by the way, I was looking at, once I realized that plastic was my passion, I was looking up on Google, you know, professors who do research in plastic and all the tops hits were women like how amazing is that women know what's going on we know that this plastic lifestyle is not sustainable and it's going to kill us like good for women i'm so freaking proud they're, these women they're gonna get a nobel prize it's gonna be so good i'm so happy for them oh my gosh so anyways this is the same intro for the YouTube channel and the podcast, but I just wanted to say that for the um, YouTube channel, we're going to start doing things a little differently because before we had the YouTube channel and the podcast be the same, and that's why I kind of stopped because I figured who wants to listen to the same thing twice. So the podcast will be about, you know, things like before where it was like styrofoam cup versus, you know, a paper cup things like that um, on the podcast today. Um, we're going to be talking about reasons why to buy used and not new. Um, and on the YouTube channel, I think we're just going to talk about chemistry-related things. Like today on the YouTube channel, we're going to talk about Diva Curl and what I think is actually going on from a chemist perspective. We're also going to be reviewing products on the YouTube channel and um, talking about basically answering any of your chemistry questions that you have, topics that are confusing to you, and just, yeah. Also, for all the podcast listeners, um, I did try the Made With Real Poo paper, the little notepad thing, and it actually wrote really well. Like, I used a really crappy pen without realizing it, and because the paper was soft, it was way easier to get the pigment from the pen on there, and it was amazing. But anyways, let's dive on into the YouTube or podcast that you're listening to.
Hello all, how are you doing today? I hope you're doing fantastic. And that was our intro for today's podcast on Save the Environment 911. Now, this is not a real phone number. Please don't call that because then you get the police. They'll be very confused. But anyways, so today's podcast, we're going to be talking about reasons to buy used and not new. And today's notes are written on the poo-poo paper Um, recycled and odorless paper products made from elephant poop. It's actually, like I said in the intro, a very interesting product. I actually really like it. It's writing very well. It's very exciting for me. But anyways, reasons to buy used and not new. When you buy things used, they tend to be cheaper prices. Um, For example, thrift stores, Goodwill. I know Goodwill recently is trying to... um, act fancier and act raise their prices but in general used things come cheaper Um, something that I thoroughly enjoy about buying used things is that shoes are already broken in that's a big thing for me is that I hate breaking in shoes I never spend the time so then the shoes just sit in my closet and I don't use them and then because I don't use them I you know, time passes and I think, oh, I've already broken into these, I can wear them, and then my heels get all torn up because I didn't take the time to break them in and really love those shoes. So at that point, I'm just wasting my money. And when you buy shoes that are already used, they're already broken in, you don't have to worry about that. Some of my favorite shoes I bought used. Um, There's lots of websites where things are pre-loved. Like I said, the shoes are already broken into, it's pre-loved. Also, a lot of the times, maybe this is just me because I use things until they just fall apart. But pre-loved things like clothes, they tend to be softer in my opinion because sometimes, you know, you can buy things and they're a little stiff. For example, a um, jean jacket. I bought a jean jacket from Walmart and... You know, all my friends had these jean jackets that their parents had, they had previously, they looked worn, they were cute, and I bought one from Walmart for $5, and it was stiff, I didn't enjoy it, and it wasn't until, I think that was in middle school when I bought that jacket, I don't know, but it wasn't until years later that now the jacket has been loved into, and it's softer, and it looks worn in a cute way. So pre-loved things are amazing to have. Um, Also, if you think about it, we buy products that, you know, have ripped jeans, they're like worn in and everything. You know, we're paying someone to do what we would already do over time. So why not just buy it pre-loved? You don't have to pay that extra money for someone to just rip a hole in your jeans. Um... So here is a warning to everyone out there. Do not donate clothes to foreign countries. Okay, you may be thinking, why would I not? There's third world countries out there that need the clothes more than me. No, that is not the case. I've watched many documentaries about this. And it it gets me really riled up and upset because we're putting these third world countries at a disadvantage. Third world countries can't develop markets for these things that are being donated when they're just given away. For example, in Haiti, there was, you know, this horrible earthquake. And so um, the U.S. government donated all this rice because, you know, everything was destroyed and everything. 
the U.S. government is still donating rice to this day to Haiti. You know why? Because the U.S. government gets money by growing more than they need and then selling it to this country. But the thing is, is that it's changed Haiti's culture entirely. One person that was interviewed in this documentary I watched said that rice used to be a delicacy. It wasn't something that people ate all the time. It was like, you know, a nice meal. Like, oh, I have rice today. Ooh. But now it's a staple food. And it, all those people who previously had, you know, these farms to grow rice, they're out of business now. Because who's going to buy rice from them when there is so many pounds of rice given away for free on the docks every day. So that's why you shouldn't donate things. Another thing in the documentary was that Kenya used to be, this is why you shouldn't donate clothes, okay? Kenya used to be, like, have the finest silk not silk, but they had like the finest cloth. And that was a huge market for them, was this cloth. But then, people started donating clothes to Kenya. So now, no one, there is no market for them to make this cloth. When cloth is being sent to them, when clothes are being sent to them for free, not even people that, um, you know, not even people want in the country want to buy the clothes from their country because there's so many that are there for free. So we're really hindering these countries from developing their own markets. Like, think about mom and pop shops here in America. They struggle enough in the U.S. when they have to fight with, you know, Walmart, Sam's Clubs. Sam Club, Sam's Club, not clubs, Sam, Sam's Club, Ingles, all these super stores. Mom and Pop's shops struggle so much. And that's without things even being given away, you know? Um, another documentary I watched, I didn't write down the names of the documentaries. I should have done that. What a mistake. But I think they're on Netflix. That's why I watch most of my documentaries. These guys had created um, these solar panels, which I know solar panels are a new thing, but solar panels for street lights. Because, you know, there's only one electricity company in the whole country, I think. And they thought, oh, you know, it's so expensive. We don't really get to use these street lights as much because, you know, this one company is really monopolizing and you know, being very dictatorial with what's happening with the with the lights and the power. So they invented these solar panels to uh, power the street lamps. But then, I think this was also an earthquake. It may also be in Haiti. I'm not for sure. I don't remember. I didn't write it down because, you know, I didn't think ahead. I thought I would remember. But when this earthquake happened, all these solar panels got donated to this country from the U.S. And because there wasn't any power because of the earthquake. And these guys, their company almost went under because 
here they were. They were in a crisis. Their government was going to buy solar panels, these solar panels from them to light the street lamps before the earthquake happened. And after the earthquake happened, they could have sold more solar panels to the government, to their government, because they were in need of them. But the U.S. stepped in and was like, no, 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 no. Buy ours. Let me give you ours so that you're dependent on us. It's a new way of going in and taking over a country when you have complete control of their economy. So, that's why I think you should not donate your clothes, your items, if you really want to help a third third world country, as we call it, a developing country. You should partner with small businesses. That would be so much more helpful to these people because they become independent. They can see themselves grow. They can see their jobs grow. If their company, you know, takes off because you did a partnership with them, you help them get off of their, like, you know, get on, get on solid ground with their company, then they can hire more people in their area and create jobs for people in their area. That will help them you know, that will help the economy of their country, not making them dependent on the U.S. by making them dependent on, you know, the richest countries in the world. That's not going to be helpful. Making them dependent keeps them from growing and flourishing by themselves. They will always have to come back and ask for more. So that's why I say you should not, you know, donate things. You should not donate. You should partner these companies. But anyways, the main topic at hand is to buy used things, not new things. If I could encourage you to buy anything new, it would be from these developing countries to help, you know, grow their economy instead of buying from Walmart because it's cheaper. You know, if you buy something that's going to last longer, it's going to, you know, it's going to be worth it. For example, if you buy like a yard rake or something from Walmart for really cheap, it's not going to be the best quality. It may last you a year or two before it breaks. If you buy one, a rake that is really good quality metal, good wood from a really good solid company, it's like lifetime warranty sort of thing even though the rake is more expensive at the time that you purchase it by the time that you you know are that rake finally breaks you will have bought so many Walmart rakes that you will spend more money buying those cheap breakable Walmart rakes you spend so much more money on that than you ever would buying the one sustainable rake. So, am I saying boycott Walmart? No. Maybe. I'm not sure. Just because if you don't have a farmer's market near you, then it can be really hard to find, you know, produce and everything. That's the only reason why I'm saying not to buy boycott Walmart um, but I think 
that if you buy things used from thrift stores, it's great. It's already worn in. It's already pre-loved. You know that it's going to last. If you buy things, you know, that are going, that are sustainable, that are going to last, that are like good quality, it's going to, it's going to be worth it. For example, here's a real life example from my own experience. If the rake was somewhat confusing to you. I used to buy backpacks from Walmart all the time. As a kid, my mom let us buy a new backpack every two years, I think. I think it was um, because, you know, the backpacks didn't last. They barely lasted a year, especially when... You know, in middle school, you don't really carry anything. It's not going to break or anything. But in middle school, when I had to start actually... Middle school, early... This was such a horrible thing, too, in high school. I remember um, you had to carry a textbook. I was taking these AP classes, so I had to carry extra books and everything. My backpacks ripped so much. Like, I think I went through three backpacks in one year. Because the first backpack was the one I bought. It did not last it ripped and then I got a backpack um that from the attic that was an old one that my sister had used I was like I'm gonna try this one it's gonna work and it didn't it was also a Walmart backpack and then I used my mom's backpack back when she had just graduated high school and she went to college for a little bit she had a car that broke down a lot so she didn't continue to go to college but that was her college air quotes backpack and that one that one kept going I could put a lot of stuff in that backpack and it lasted way longer um but the it was old and the zipper was kind of rusty so like it didn't the zipper didn't stay I had to like bobby pin the zippers so it came to a point where I had to get another backpack but that backpack, it lasted. It came from a time where things were built to last. It wasn't like, build it, it's poor quality, it's going to break, so then you have to buy another one. Don't buy products like that. You're going to waste so much money. Like Ikea, I love Ikea because they have food there. And, you know, you buy things and it's cheap, it's nice. But the quality isn't there. It's Ikea items are meant to wear down and break. So you have to buy more things from Ikea. That's what companies have turned to. Turn from less of like, let's make the most quality items so our customers love it. To a, let's build something that's going to last a little bit, but they have to come back and buy more to get more money. Customer service is dead. What can I say? Um, if you liked this podcast, please share it with one of your friends. Um, and I hope you did learn something today. And if you have any recommendations, please uh, feel free to contact me and let me know what you would like the next podcast to be about. Okay. Have a great day.